This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Listen, if you worry about the baseball players kneeling for social justice, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Seriously, it's not that big of a deal. This is the closest our country has been to coming together and trying to solve some of the issues that's been facing our country for a while. The closest. We still ain't there. We still got a long way to go. But this is the closest I've seen it in my lifetime and a lot of other people's lifetime. So like I said, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Anyway, I'm getting into it now. The MLB is back. It started off with some scrimmages. And right off the rip, you got Bryce Harper coming to Nats Park once again. And what happened? This man hit a three-run home run off of Max Scherzer. That is a nightmare. That is what I did not want to happen. I wanted I wanted a replay of last year when uh, Scherzer struck out Harper twice before he got a hit in the later innings. Now, Scherzer did strike him out later, but the damage was none. And then on top of that, on top of that, Didi Gregorius, who I didn't know the Phillies had, hit a three-run home run. And the Phillies won seven to one, I believe. Seven to two. Killed us. But you know, I overreacted. And some Nationals fans reminded me it's just a scrimmage. I was like, okay. So we went to Baltimore, who we usually have trouble with, and the Nationals won that one. Got a Howie Kendrick home run, and I think one other hit, and then Strasburg did okay. I mean, he he was solid. He was solid. I think we get to see him again on Saturday on prime time on Fox, which I love. So it's cool, man. And then now they went against the Yankees. Oh, before I get to the Yankees Nationals, there were a bunch of other scrimmages. They called it MLB Summer Camp. They called it Summer Camp. Instead of spring training, they called it Summer Camp. Anyway, the Yankees beat up on the Mets twice. I'm sure they loved that, even though it was just a scrimmage, just scrimmages. And, you know, Mets fan, some Mets fans that overreacted like I did when it came to the Nationals, they probably believe they were just horrible. Maybe the Yankees are just that good. I don't know. But the Phillies lost to the Orioles. We beat the Orioles, but the Phillies lost to the Orioles. I'm like, what? And a lot of what I saw in these scrimmages is the better teams won for the most part. Maybe the Orioles are improving because they definitely gave Nationals a run for their money. I don't know. I just know that. Everyone you expected to win pretty much won the scrimmages. Now we get to opening day. The Dodgers beat the Giants, of course, but that was after the Nationals lost to the Yankees. Okay, I don't have to talk about Dr. Fauci's pitch. (laughs) It was horrible. (laughs) Oh, man. But some people were laughing. Some people, you know, like that's what you get for, for feeding us all this, you know inconsistent information some people were like it doesn't matter what he just did he's saving lives <laughs> so whatever it was funny I just laughed because it, it it was hilarious now 
to the actual game. Oh, man. I looked out at Nationals Park, and I was like, man, I missed that, man. All the, you know, the walk-up music, the walk-up music, and all the, the routines that we do, the president's race, and, oh, man, all that. I miss it. I miss it, man. Because I, I go, the last three years, I didn't been to more than 50 Nationals games. It might be approaching 60. I've been to a lot of Nationals games the past few years. And I haven't been to any this year because, well, no fans allowed. I was a little salty that Dr. Fauci got to sit there and watch. And so does um, Buster Olney. I think that's his name. I, I'm, I was a little salty that they all got to sit there and watch the game. But I wasn't salty that they had that rain delay. Because every time there's a rain delay for Nats Park, listen, starting like two years ago, I started just leaving, just automatically leaving. I'm like, I'm not staying for no more freaking uh, rain delays. I'm out of here. Anytime there's a rain delay in that park, I'm out. Anyway, Max Scherzer on the mound again. You figured he'd be better than he was against the Phillies. And, and to his credit, he was just a little bit. But off the rip, two-run home run to Stanton. What? Aaron Judge, two for two. Two for two. And an RBI. No, he had. I think he had three RBI. It don't matter. He he did too much. We let him do too much. Okay? I think there was another home run after that. It's like, and, and a stat that I heard was that Giancarlo Stanton has the most home runs at Nats Park by any visiting player. That makes sense. It, I even tweeted, like, Stanton hitting a home run at Nationals Park? What else is new? <laughs> I'm used to that. Because when I had season tickets, when I had partial season tickets, when he was on that tear, that MVP-type tear two years ago with the Marlins, every time he came to Nats Park, he hit a home run. I'm serious. I'm not playing. Every time he came to Nass Park, he hit a home run. It seemed like every time he got there, he hit a home run. So I was used to that, for sure. And then Aaron Judge owning Scherzer, like, that's just like the All-Star game. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Scherzer's fastball getting hit out the park lately, but we got to get it together. I don't know if it's because of the, the quality of teams we're playing, or it's just Scherzer. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not good. And it, it costs us those games. And the Nationals lost that game 4-1. Eaton hit a home run. But other than that, didn't do anything on offense. I think Miguel, not Miguel, Observable Cabrera hit a home run. He almost hit a home run. He hit it to the warning track. And I think he hit another one foul. So other than that, no one really did anything. It was a shame. Now, I'm hoping that on Saturday, we may get Juan Soto back. By the way, he was out. That didn't help. Juan Soto was out. With COVID-19, he's asymptomatic. But you got to do all this testing and from the MLB and local officials. And it's a bunch of BS he has to do before he comes back. I hope he's back Saturday because I'm hyped for this Saturday primetime because you got Strasburg on the mound. I mean, it was cool 
Um, Scherzer versus Garrett Cole, basically starting the season how we ended it. That was cool. But Cole got the better of the matchup this time. It also helps that Cole has better run support. It sucks. It sucks for Nationals fans to watch that. It's like, oh, same old regular season Nats before the uh, World Series run. Oh, here we go again. Mediocre to uninspiring baseball and then rain delay. Yep, that's Nationals baseball. The past two years outside of the um outside of the rain not not the rain delay, but outside of the World Series run. It's a shame, but I think we'll be fine. I mean, you got a nice veteran ball club. They'll get it together. There's fifty nine more games. I I know is I know every game counts a little bit more because it's sixty games instead of hundred and sixty two. But hey, I think we'll be fine. Especially since um, there is, I think, two division winners allowed and two wild cards. I think that's it. Yeah, that's eight teams. So two division winners. No, yeah, two division winners and two wild cards. And the wild card, by the way, they don't have to play each other, I don't think. Whatever it is, it's 16 teams in the playoffs. I just added that in the show. I didn't even write that in the notes. (laughs) But uh, now they're there. So it's more teams allowed. So we we have a little bit more, slight bit more room for error, but you got to pick it up. They got to pick it up. Now, either the Phillies and Yankees are that good or we just, or we just suck. And we don't have it together yet. Whatever it is, I expect better. Especially from Scherzer. That's my favorite player. Now, this NBA bubble thing, they that's back. They're doing their scrimmages. I've loved it. I've loved the Lakers on YouTube and Instagram. J.R. Smith is, is funny. Uh, JaVel McGee, I've enjoyed his YouTube channel. I've only seen like a a video or two, but I've enjoyed what I've seen. They've had, they got questionable food and it seemed like they're making the most of it. They're doing the best they can. Uh, Rondo said it was a motel six, which is funny. Oh man. Uh, the white Howard and his Shannon sharp impersonation was funny. I loved it. You knew that Lakers team was going to be entertaining now can they go on the floor and win? They already lost to the Mavericks, but it was a scrimmage, and they made a valiant effort at the end. I watched the end of that game, and their their backups made a, a valiant effort to come back, but it just wasn't enough. And Luka was just going off, of course. LeBron had 12 points in 15 minutes. Easy. 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 But hey, I'm going to enjoy this... Uh, extra content we get and also uh in the bubble uh bull bull making an appearance he's healthy and he is not shy shooting the ball i mean this it seemed like every other shot he took was ill-advised and just off the mark but nevertheless bull bull had 16 points in 10 blocks no, 16.7 blocks, 10 rebounds. That's insane. That's insane. 
He killed it. He killed it. I'm going to talk about that later, but I absolutely enjoy the extra content you get from the bubble. And I'm going to look for more. I just got to go online because these guys are pretty entertaining. You know, these guys stream video games, too. So I got to check some of those out. I would love to see a documentary on the NBA bubble because I would definitely watch it. <laughs> but until then, I guess JaVel McGee is the closest we'll get. I'm sure someone else is making a YouTube channel off of uh, their life in the bubble. And we'll see. Maybe I'll see if a WNBA player is doing it. And by the way, WNBA starts Saturday, I believe. Yeah, I just found that out. And, of course, there's FanDuel for that if you want to put your money down and win a little bit of extra cash. You could do that. <laughs> so, let's see. Next. Oh, Chiefs repeat talk. Man, all these people, Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones talking about five more Super Bowls uh Tyreek Hill talking about seven. Just try to get one more. One more. It's hard, bro. It is hard. Are you kidding me? Other than other than the Patriots, no one has won more than two this entire like millennium since 2000. No one has won more than two. It is hard. To get to the Super Bowl and let let alone to win it. Like, let alone get there. You can't even... It's hard to even win it. It's hard to even get there. Let alone win it. There you go. I, <laughs> I probably edit the rest of that out, too. It's tough to get there. Ask Aaron Rodgers, who y'all claim is the GOAT. Some of you claim he's the best QB ever. Only one Super Bowl. Y'all like Drew Brees, right? Only one Super Bowl. Y'all like Peyton Manning, right? Barely two Super Bowls. It is tough. It is hard. The Chiefs, listen, a lot of things could happen. You got a salary cap, which, by the way, is going to be tougher on your team because Mahomes' contract starts off a little light at first, but it's going to keep increasing every year for, like, the next five years. And at that point, you'll see who you can keep around and who and how you can keep your team together for the next year or two you should be fine on the cap because it doesn't his salary doesn't get crazy outrageous yet but still after that are you gonna stay healthy are you gonna be as good y'all ain't all that now y'all really good but i don't think y'all winning no damn five six seven super bowls they may win one more i'll get them one more after that mm mm-mm Mm-mm. They feeling themselves. Every freaking Super Bowl team say that. Oh, we're going to be back. Oh, we're going to win three, four, five, six, seven Super Bowls. And then they don't. And then they get worse. And some teams, they got to rebuild in like two to three years, <laughs> like the Giants. So, <laughs> so <laughs> don't be talking about multiple Super Bowls, but hey, they're athletes and their mindset is they're the greatest, they're the best, and they're the champs and no one's going to knock them off, but that's from the outside? Nah, bro. I don't see it. I don't see it. 
Now you gotta worry about the Ravens. You gotta worry about the Browns. You gotta worry about teams in the NFC. And then you one of these teams that's rebuilding now might be better than you in about three, four years. Like the Dolphins or something. I'm just using the Dolphins as an example. It could be any team that's like terrible now or will be terrible soon and they mess around, they get two or three good players and it's a wrap for you. All right, just just slow down. Keep working hard. Keep being the champs. Keep trying to be the champs. Keep trying to defend your crown. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And, and you're giving your opponents extra motivation to beat you this year. But, hey, good luck. I, I can't really knock the confidence. Now, the Seattle Kraken. That's the Seattle's NHL new franchise. I love the name. I love the logo. I like the I already like them more than the Vegas Golden Knights, who everyone jumped on their bandwagon. But um, <laughs> everyone jumped on that bandwagon. But I like the Kraken a little bit better. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's fire. And um, they should be. They'll be playing in about two years. So they'll. Those of course. Not the rest of 1920 season. They'll skip next season, and then the season after that, they'll start playing. I can't wait. It's gonna be entertaining, and let's see. Uh, man, two new uh, NHL franchises. So I assume they got more on the way. Just like MLS added some new franchises. All I know is I like the name, and I can't wait to see who's on the team, and I want to see who. The uh the Capitals left unprotected. Maybe someone will be on their team. Because you, you know how these expansion teams work. I, I assume NHL is the same way, where they build their team with people that other teams don't want. We'll see. Hey, it worked for Vegas Golden Knights. They went to the dang um, Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. But they lost to the Capitals. Thank you very much. Caps off to them. <laughs> but uh, they were there, and it was a pretty amazing feat. And, hey, they've seemed like a pretty cool team, and I wish the best for them, just not when they play the Capitals. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the Washington football team name saga continues, or maybe it finally ends for now. So officially they will be called the Washington football team. And, of course, I was dying laughing. And I was just having so much fun with that. I was like, oh, man, y'all just the Washington generics. <laughs> the Washington generics. Y'all just y'all just anybody. Y'all just, y'all just a football team in Washington. Y'all just, y'all just trash, all right? But I will say this. They kept the color scheme, and I like the uniforms, and I like the W logo. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, I also saw a video of their players reporting to camp, so I guess they're ready to put this name thing behind them, and they're ready to get to work. Oh, it's funny. I still saw people with T-shirts that had the Redskins logo on there. <laughs> oh, man. I can't even blame them for just – 
having the temporary fix of being named the Washington football team because there's probably a lot of legal things they got to do with getting a, a name and a logo and, and trademarks and all that other stuff they got to do. They probably had a lot of like hurdles to climb in a short amount of time. So for now, you just go with that and they'll just keep working on the name and then Maybe by next season, they'll have it together. I think by next season, they'll have a name and a logo and a new identity. But for now, they just a Washington football team, and the uniforms are fire. So I give them that. Still a joke of a franchise, but I'll give them that. Now let's get to uh, DC United. Yep. So DC United is out. The MLS is back tournament. They're out. I should have known that was going to happen. See, they gave me all this false hope after the first game, and then they just crushed it. What? They got down, so they they tied Toronto after being down 2-0, gave me all this hope. I was hyped. They went against New England. I thought, okay, they should beat New England. They got down 1-0. They put in, uh, in Unc Higuain. I called him Uncle Higuain. You, you already know. They put in Unc. Boom, he scores another goal. It's 1-1. We tie in that game. I was like, okay, we got to win this next game. I was thinking, you know, each team, they play each other twice. Because that's usually how group stages go. But I think it's a short tournament. So each team play each other once. So they had to win that last game against Montreal to have a chance of making it to the knockout round. And what did they do? They lost. Are you kidding me? Dog, I was watching the highlights. They, Montreal player, right? He kicked it from outside of the box, line drive, hits one of the defender's heel, and it spins into the goal, 1-0. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? I was like, how in the world does this happen to us? And of course, oh, we struggle on offense. I We struggle on offense. Although we did get 12 shots to Montreal 7, only three on goal. And looking at the highlights, they, there were some pretty good opportunities. Uh, there was one, a tip-in that was missed, and I think there was another one that was off the post. It was crazy. But Montreal had a really good opportunity one that literally hit the post and kind of straddled the line and then went out of bounds, kind of. So that could it could have been 2-0. But nevertheless, we lost and we're out. Just like that. Just like that. And what's the go-to thing when DC United is not doing well? You get rid of Olsen. That's what people want. That's what the fans want, to get rid of Olsen. Me, I don't care one way or another. I just want them to win. And they didn't win. They're out. This was a winnable group. This was a very winnable group. And it didn't happen. We end up in last place. One loss and you're out. We didn't win a single game in the MLS's back bubble tournament. Are you serious? Damn, bro. It's a disappointment, but it is what it is. And Washington Spirit, our women's soccer team, 
they're out too. And what's worse with them is they were the number two seed. They were the number two seed lost in a shootout. Are you serious? Dog. Okay, so soccer in D.C., done. Done for the season. They're done. First round knockout. Man, what's the name? Didn't even make the knockout. D.C. United. It's a shame, but, you know, maybe good times are ahead. Just got to be patient. But for now, they're done, and the Wizards are just starting. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. So that was my next topic, the Wizards. So I might as well get into them. So the Wizards went against the Nuggets for a scrimmage. I was thinking, oh, they're going to get killed. I mean, I was expecting, you know, Jokic, Murray, Barton. I expected them to, and then they had bowl, bowl too. I was like, oh, they about to get destroyed. And it was a close game. And at some point, the Wizards were winning. They did pretty good. And even in the fourth quarter, they had a fourth quarter lead. Like these guys, Rui Hachimura wasn't playing games. He was because the Nuggets were running a zone, right? He get in the middle of that zone and he did hit a turnaround jumper, kind of Kawhi Leonard-ish type stuff he was killing it i mean Rui hachimura had 18 and 9 he led all scores no he didn't he led the wizard scores troy daniels from the nuggets led all scores with 22 so hachimura had 18 and 9 troy brown had 12 and he had a few really key dunks in the fourth quarter uh ish smith had 10 they were in it the whole game. And the Nuggets, what I noticed from the Nuggets, they were taking a lot of contested shots, and they were making a lot of boneheaded passes. And it kept the Wizards in it. And the Wizards just fought and fought. But then, I don't know what happened in that last two minutes, but they were loafing. The Wizards couldn't hit a shot. And they couldn't guard the three for some reason. Troy Daniels got hot, and Jokic doing his thing. But the main thing was Troy Daniels got hot. And it put us away. It put the Wizards away. Damn. Put them away. And Jared Utah, they put him in the game. This man misses three wide open threes. But he wasn't the only one missing wide open threes. But he was the main one. And then he tried to go to the rack. And Bowl Bowl clapped his shot off the backboard. That was the last of Bowl Bowl's. Six blocks. This man has six blocks. Are you serious? He was six for 14, which is okay. He he shot a little bit too much for me. But he had 16 points, 10 rebounds, six blocks. That's pretty good for a debut. In a scrim- I know it's just a scrimmage, but damn. And they had a lineup where they started like four power forwards in the center. The reason they did that... It was funny, just like the Dr. Fauci pitch. It was funny. It was meme-worthy. But the main reason they did that, because there was no Jamal Murray, no Barton, no Morris, no Harris, and no, uh, I think his name, Tory Craig. I think that's his name. He wasn't there either. So just about all their guards, except Troy Daniels, didn't play. I don't know what the deal is with that. But at the end of the day, they ain't play. And the Nuggets had to start all those big men. The tall ball lineup is funny. I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, you can't keep Jamal Murray on the bench for that long. But 
I don't know what's the deal with their guards. I don't know when they'll be back. But that was a little that was a little interesting to see. And they struggled a little bit at some points. Especially with the passing. That maybe explains all the the bad passing they were doing. But hey, it was it was entertaining and the Wizards gave me hope and then they choked. And they gotta play the Clippers and the Lakers after this. And I'm expecting them to get killed. But if they can fight like they did, if they can fight like they did against the Nuggets, they might win one of those games. And then in the regular season, the Nets pretty much missing everybody. I mean, they can catch the Nets or get into a situation where they force a playoff with the Nets. Then all bets are off. They're missing important people too, just like we are. So we can probably beat them, especially if Troy Brown and Roy Hachimura keep doing their thing. Just keep an eye out for that. You know, I'm definitely, definitely a little bit more encouraged after what I saw and what I gathered from the Nets who got killed by the Pelicans without Zion. Oh, and the Clippers are missing a bunch of people too. But they got Kawhi and Paul George, so... I don't know how the Wizards are going to do. I think they play them Saturday. I don't know how the Wizards are going to do. I don't know if they can beat them when – I don't know if they're on the schedule or not, but who knows? I think the Wizards can still force the playoff. I kept saying and laughing they were going to go 0-8, but after I watched them, I was like, they may can win a few games. That's all it might take to catch the Nets who d- damn near don't have anybody. I'm just saying. What about this Roy Jones Jr. versus Mike Tyson exhibition fight? Now, Mike Tyson has been teasing all this time with all these workout videos and uh, boxing videos and sparring videos, all that. And now we see the point. So now he's for real. He says he's coming back. Now nah, he's for real. Like it's it's official. He's gonna fight Roy Jones Jr. Now I haven't really watched as many Roy Jones Jr. fights compared to Mike Tyson, but they're both legends. They're both big time heavyweight. I think Roy Jr. is light heavyweight fighters. Now this leads me to Tyson's new league called the Legends Only League. And he says it's not only for fighters, but it's for basketball players, baseball players, football players, whoever society says is over the hill and forgotten. It's for them. So does that mean you're going to put them all in the ring? Is This this is like the big three. <laughs> so you're going to make your own version of the big three league? Uh, are we going to do it in their sport or, or are we putting on the gloves and fighting? Now, just imagine. Now, just imagine a Dwight Howard versus Shaq fight. Just imagine a freaking Isaiah Thomas versus Michael Jordan fight. (laughs) And that's just basketball. I don't know what what he's trying to do with this Legends-only league, but I'm interested. It sounds like a good idea, and I hope great things come of it because we will definitely be entertained to see all the people we're nostalgic about See all those athletes we're nostalgic about and see them uh, playing again, just like the big three. It's going to be a good time. 
It's going to be a good time for sure. Oh, and another thing I thought about when Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson was announced was Fight Night Champion or Fight Night Round 3. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, this is a matchup you would play on the video game. You plug in the game, choose them two, and get to work. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking when I saw that. I can't wait to see it. I hope it's no outrageous pay-per-view. Well, if it is, I won't watch it. I'll just wait till it comes out on YouTube, and I'll just watch it on YouTube. That's what I do. We'll see. It's going to be fun, I believe. Now, the KBO. KBO. Before I mention the KBO, oh, Zion, Michael Beasley, Pat Bev, Harrell, and now um, Lou Williams. They all left the bubble. Caruso almost left the bubble because of family emergency. What ki- what type of family emergencies are these? I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, you know, I hope everything's okay. And I hope, you know, these guys get back to the bubble, quarantine, and, and you know, get back to it. I hope everybody's healthy and stuff and no one's dying. But I see this trend, and I'm telling you, it might happen during the playoff game, and it's going to be like, damn. Now we're really going to have to put an asterisk on this title. Hey, we'll see, though. The KBO. The KBO. So I've been following a little less this week. I haven't been able to play FanDuel. FanDuel took it off. I guess they got all these sports and KBO is probably the least watched out of them all. And now that Major League Baseball is back, ain't no use of really doing KBO. I might need to check DraftKings if I want to do KBO. Anyway, KBO. NC Dino still lead the league in wins. They're still the best team in the league. They're up by five and a half games over Doosan, who climbed up from fourth. Doosan was in fourth. Now they're in second. They climbed over Kiwoom because they are seven and three in their last ten games, and Kiwoom is three and seven in their last ten games, and they've lost two straight. Now, to be fair, Kiwoom had to play Doosan and the NC Dinos. So that will do it. <laughs> that will definitely uh knock you back a little bit. So yeah, that'll knock you back a little bit. But Kiwoom's still in it. They're still in third. Hanwha and SK are still in last by a wide margin, by like 10 games. Like, I'm not kidding. I think Hanwha's like five games back of SK, and SK's like 10 games back of Latte, who's the third worst team. That's crazy. Like, the KBO is a little more predictable than the MLB, which is why why I don't understand how I don't have more success in fantasy, how I didn't have more success in fantasy, because it's pretty predictable. The most points I got in FanDuel and KBO is 137, and I still didn't win any money. It's tough, but I didn't really catch on to the trends till it was too late, and now it's too late. It's probably not on DraftKings especially with MLB coming back. There's a big MLB tournament. I didn't do any research or anything. I just just put my lineup together and just I'm just crossing my fingers. 
That's all. <laughs> it's, it's a big, huge prize. There's going to be a lot of people joining. Probably not going to win, but I don't even care. I just It's $3. Just, just threw my hat in the ring. Just said, screw it, bro. Whatever happens, happens. I roll with uh, Evaldi for Boston as my pitcher, and I got Mike Trout. I got freaking uh, Christian Yelich. I got Otani. I mean, I have a pretty good lineup. I got those two fast guys from Kansas City. Hey, all I'm missing is like Bryce Harper. <laughs> that fantasy team stacked, bro. But, you know, it's about the KBO. Oh, by the way, Han was lost six straight. And, you know, I talked about the top and the bottom. Kia, LG, Samsung, KT, and Latte. They're all in the middle of the pack, and they just keep, like, interchanging. It's going to be tough for them to, like, to crack the top three, but they're all in the middle of the pack, and they're all probably playoff food for NC Dinos and Doosan and maybe Kiwom because we, we know the three best teams, and that's who I expect to see in the Korean series is one of those three teams, pretty much. Hopefully I can I've recorded some KBO games. Hopefully I get a chance to watch them. Uh, you know, I, I, I like it and I hope I, I keep up with the KBO all the way through October and I hope I get a chance to watch the Korean series. It's probably gonna be hard because I don't know if ESPN gonna be showing it or not. Uh, let's just hope and pray. I hope and pray they're gonna be showing it. If not, I got to find some way to stream it now because I'm sure a seven-game series or whatever they do in the Korean series between NC Dinos and Doosan would be fire, for real. Now, okay, so a topic I added was the genius marketing of OutKick and Joy Taylor. So outkick, leader, the leader is Clay Travis. He, they're led by Clay, Clay Travis. Clay Travis is a moderate. He considers himself a moderate. Kind of like I consider myself a moderate. But I'm a moderate that kind of lean a little left. Clay Travis is a moderate that kind of lean a little right. And same thing with Whitlock. He's a moderate that leans a little right. So, genius move by OutKick getting Jason Whitlock, a big-time uh, sports writer, legendary sports writer. They got him. Then they got another guy I've, I've never heard of, but he's a big-time you know, sports writer, blogger, whatever. And they're building their staff all while uh, making their bread and butter on, like, right-wing type of rhetoric and topic. Maybe not topics, but like the way they talk about the topics are kind of kind of got a right wing flavor feeling to it. And that has helped their brand tremendously. That's helped them get more fans and ultimately get more money. Now, I'm not right wing at all, but I like their content. I enjoy their content. I don't think they're racist like a lot of people do, but I enjoy their content. And the way they've chosen to attack coronavirus and they just did an article on the 
the Nick Sandman thing or whatever that kid's name is. And stuff stuff like that. How they talk about Kaepernick and Jamel Hill <laughs> and mainstream ESPN. <laughs> mainstream ESPN. Mainstream ESPN, Corona Bros, the Woke Brigade, the Checkmark Brigade. I love the nicknames that Clay has for these people. Man. I love it. I love it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't make fun of, you know, people who has different opinions from from Clay, but it's funny. The nicknames are funny. Like, they're hilarious. But them being kind of right-wing, outkick, not only right-wing, but directly opposing ESPN and, like, talking about how left-wing they are and how they only appeal to the right. I mean, only appeal to people who engage in left-wing ideals and politics. They hit a pain point. They they This is what they do. They got social media marketing down. They hit a pain point. They got, they got a, a niche. They got a niche. They got a market. They got their target market. They got their, their fans. And they hit a pain point. And they're tired of ESPN and sometimes Fox Sports only appealing to a certain group of people when they're supposed to appeal to everyone who loves sports. But everyone that loves sports don't just have the same type of left-wing opinions. And they've attacked that. They've hammered that. And they've caused people to get emotional about it. And when you get people to get emotional about it, they'll follow you and they'll give you money. And that's what they've done. Now, also, what has helped, which also helps Colin Coward's ratings, like he needed any help, was Joy Taylor. Now, Joy Taylor, like every day, posts a really hot pic of her with a filter and makeup and her hair done and all that. It's a thirst trap. She posts a thirst trap get all the type of likes and comments and she she claps back at people she claps back at criticism sometimes she'll respond to positive con- comments but she mostly re- she does more responding to trolls and negative comments just her branding online as you know the hot media girl next door it works. You know what I'm saying? The thirst traps, the clapbacks. It's getting her engagement and followers. And I guess it helps the show too. It's genius. These people are genius. They get it. They get it. You know what I'm saying? They not like me. And they, they do it almost every day. They not like me who just be loafing. <laughs> who just be on the sideline loafing playing Madden. <laughs> this is their life and this is what they do and I'm learning from them I'm sitting there watching because eventually I'm going to take all this over you know I'm, I'm Michael Jordan and LeBron James and I'm just watching I'm, I'm next up now I'm I'm going to make my mark in sports somehow I don't know if it's this way I don't know if it's through blogs I don't know if it's through television we'll see I don't know if it's just you know, something else or through Madden. We'll see, but I'm coming. 
I'm coming and I'm learning from these guys. And I love it. I'm humble for now. <laughs> hey, yo, man, I'm doing too much. Speaking of who's doing too much, Kanye West is doing too much. Now, he held a rally in Charleston. Shout out to my family in Charleston, my aunt and my cousins and my second cousin, second cousins, whatever. Shout out to them. But Kanye West is over there wilding, bro. He's talking about Harriet Tubman. I don't know if that fact was true. He wasn't the only person that said that about Harriet Tubman, how she freed the slaves to help other white people. She, He ain't the only person that said that. So, But to a lot of people, when he said that, including me, I was like, what? What is he talking about? And he went back and forth on people with issues like gun control. And I, it's pretty cool he let people come up stage and talk. And sometimes he ranted about his mom and his wife and his kids. He didn't look very together. And it's crazy. And then I think he ended his presidential reign. And then he ended up promoting his album, who I I ended up hearing that it was supposed to come out. He'd been promoting the album for a while, but now he's now he really has the attention to promote the album more than usual. I got a question, Kanye. Like every time he has a big album coming out, he does something outrageous. But maybe a lot of people say, including his wife, that he he just got bipolar disorder and he's having one of his episodes. Whatever is going on, I don't know. This guy's pretty entertaining. And that's why I had to put him in my hypothetical game of the episode. The hypothetical game of the episode is a troll battle, which is a presidential speech contest between Barry McCockner, big time major troll on Twitter, and Kanye West the legend well, we don't know if he's trolling or he has mental health issues whatever it is he be saying some wild stuff anyway they both get on stage they both get flown to dc they take the stage there's no one in the crowd but the camera crew take the stage kanye goes first talks about gun control white supremacy he brings up taylor swift again he brings up the kardashian clan he says yeah he talks about tearing down more statues in dc he talks about putting a frederick Douglass statue another one up or one up in southeast brings up a ton of issues and then he and then he drops his latest album online right after the speech he drops the album right after the speech and then he kicks a freestyle then he kicks a freestyle talking about social issues and dissing drake and that's pretty much the speech then barry mccockner goes into this five minute five minute um dialogue not dialogue but five minute like monologue about how michael jordan and tom brady are overrated and how everyone that's watching this speech gets a free pair of LeBrons. 
just to prove that they're better than Jordan's. And he talks about the troops and how we should respect the troops and how racism in this country has got to end and how he lays out a plan of ending racism. And then he um, he shouts out Jamel Hill. <laughs> he shouts out Don Lemon. He makes a plea to donate to his uh, fake foundation that will combat racism and other social justice issues. And then he ends by singing, if you're happy, if you know it, clap your hands. And somehow, way, there's a panel of judges that will judge their speech. And all of a sudden, they come together, three random judges come together. And in a split decision, they decide that Barry McCockner wins. They decided Barry McCockner wins. Now, the winner of this troll battle gets a free spot on the election ballot for 2020. So Barry McCockner gets it. A, who knows what his uh what his rally is gonna be like, what his platforms are gonna be like, but hey, it would be entertaining. These guys are hilarious. These guys are hilarious. Or these guys are, are, are crazy. You can see Barry McCockner under like every big time post, especially in sports, saying that Jordan, he the one that started the movement, that Jordan played against grocery bagger, baggers and repairmen and just everyday scrawny people to make him look good. But LeBron is the greatest of all time. He just attacking the Jordan versus LeBron pain point. It was genius. It's genius. Uh, he also said that Tom Brady's assistant QB. He just say stuff. <laughs> he just say stuff that don't make sense sometimes purposely, just to get a reaction. And uh, he'll he'll oh he also makes fake accounts. He also makes fake accounts and breaks news. Like he is the one of the best trolls in the game. I'm just saying, but but Kanye West sometimes he's trolling, sometimes he's not. I don't know. He he's, he said slavery is a choice. He said all this stuff about his family. Man, he got a ranch in Wyoming. Like I probably haven't even scratched the surface of the crazy things he's done in the past. But this would be a good matchup. Like this, I did the best I could trying to describe how this uh, troll battle would be. But I'm sure it'd be a lot funnier than what I just described. Anyway, it was fun, man. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.